streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. How does it feel just being a full-time coach? Because you've been in the program, as you mentioned, but just being back on the field first time, just kind of how has it been for you this program? God, yeah, it's awesome, man. I'm like a kid on Christmas morning every day, man. I, now I can kind of put my spin on the guys and get to go out every day and coach them. You know, and the, it's kind of a different role. The last one I was in, I couldn't do as much on the field coaching. So it's, it's awesome, man. I'm having a lot of fun. You've been, you've been around, bounced around. How hard is it to secure a job like you did? Man, it's really hard. You know, it's all about timing and being at the right place at the right time. And, you know, it seems like, you know, every coach you work for tells you that they want to promote you and, hey, you're the next guy. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. But uh, I'm so grateful for Coach Lake for actually following through and giving me my opportunity, man. It's, it's awesome. Found out that you had the job. What was your reaction? I was. Uh, I remember like it was yesterday. It was Friday afternoon. We had a half day, and I was uh, jogging around Lake Union. And he called me, and I almost hit my knees. Man, I was. I was speechless. I mean, I was holding back tears. I mean, it was. It was awesome. It was an unreal experience. What were you doing before? Kind of what was a what was a day like in your previous role? Uh, a day in my previous role. So I was the quality control. So I was doing like this time of year. I wasn't doing a whole lot um, besides helping Coach Malloy and Coach K with whatever they needed for their meetings. Um, but and then kind of getting ready for like our summer scouting projects. Who were playing the first four games, uh, things like that. I did a lot of opponent scouting, basically working ahead from week to week. So when we buried the game on Sunday, I had everything ready to go Sunday night so those guys could get a head start on the next week's opponent. Obviously, you were never a West Coast kid growing up and everything. I'm wondering, what, was it a shock at all moving out here? What has the immediate impression been of, of landing in Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's been great, man. So, yeah, like you said, I, I've been southeast kind of my whole life, kind of bounced around to different places, never been west of Oklahoma before I came out here. And I drove out here, and I was, you know, once you hit Colorado and get into the mountains, you're kind of just like, holy cow, where am I? Like, I'm going 30 miles per hour on the freeway just looking around. Like, So it's been great, man. It's beautiful out here. I remember I came up for my interview. It was very similar to a day like this, and it was just not a cloud in sight, mountains and water everywhere. I was, I mean, you just, I love the south, don't get me wrong, but you just doesn't even compare. You don't see anything like it around there. You know, it's just all pine trees, and so it's, it's been great, man. It's beautiful. I love it. Uh, uh, I lived in Atlanta a couple years, so I know what you're talking okay. about. Uh, how did you get your nickname? Uh, I was named after my granddad. Um, his name was Elwin Phillips Rowan. That's my name. They called him Rip. And it's just kind of from birth. Everybody started calling me Rip. Not necessarily football related. No, 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 no football related. I wish I knew a backstory or where it got started. I just, I just don't, man. I really wish I had something better for you guys. So the progression as a coach that you, you know, the kids have to learn, you know, when they come into college. What about you? Some of the things that you're now learning, and how much of the stuff do you keep? Do you have a little book you keep of like, well, 
yeah. your traits and then what other coaches have done kind of right well I think I've been doing that since I mean somebody told me right when I first started my first GA job hey keep, keep a track of things that you like that this coach did and maybe things that you didn't like so I've been doing that for five or six years and you know I've been lucky to be around some really good coaches you know whether it's position coaches coordinators head coaches so I've man I, I got stacked full of notebooks just with a bunch of notes I've taken from classroom management uh, to on the field drill progression to opponent scouting how you're getting guys ready from week to week basis so I've just now I'm ready to apply them man I feel like I got some good things and I'm still learning I think I think as a coach you should always be trying to adapt and trying to learn so I mean but you're right I have I have a nice notebook of all that stuff I've kept track of and now it's finally a good time to use them I'm fired up so I'm jumping to ask this question. Film study is so critical in this business. I'm wondering if in each position as you go up the rung, do you have to learn how to study the film differently with your job extension? Or not? Yeah, I think what, I think kind of what helped me in my last role as the QC is because I kind of had to look at all 11 and, uh, you know, I learned, I learned early that it, it, you know, it always starts front wise and then you kind of work your way back. So yeah, yeah, I think as a QC that definitely helped me look at all 11 and now like I always sit to all the guys like defense is a puzzle. Like, all right, they have to know in their box where they need to be, but they also have to know why. If I'm just telling them to do something like, hey, you got to stay right here, but why do I have to stay right here? So I think that part has helped. Like getting to look at all 11, getting to look, study offenses and what they're doing. I think that has definitely helped me in my transition for sure. So had you already scouted Michigan last summer for what was supposed to be your, your opener then? Yeah, man, we scouted. It seems like we scouted 20 opponents and played four games. So yeah, we, we, we scouted. Yeah, I scouted Michigan last summer. Keep that on file. I, I, yeah, you keep it. I mean, I keep everything. I mean, I still have stuff from my 2015 in Southern Miss. Like, I keep everything because you never know when you're going to go play that coordinator again or uh, something like that. So, yeah, I, I keep everything. One of the computers these days, it makes it easy, you know, get the hard drives and everything. So, what are the biggest things you've had to show Taki and Thule, who are the returning starters and, and the guys behind them? What, what have they needed from you? Uh, I think just. Um, preaching consistency day in and day out. Um, you know, like for example, we've had games the past two years I've been here where we've been really good and then maybe not so good the next week. So I think, I think they need to hear consistency. All right, they put good stuff on tape before, but not on a consistent basis. So that's really in our room what we are preaching, like day in and day out. We have to be consistent. We have to be the same. We have to bring it every day. Um, so I think that that is the biggest thing. Coach Miller mentioned you actually got to lead a couple of team position meetings for him last season. And how much has that helped kind of having him still on staff and just making that transition easier? Yeah, I'm very thankful for Coach Malloy and my development. You want to talk about one of the, I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been around a lot of guys and you want to just talk about an unselfish guy when it comes to not mold, not just molding his players, but molding me as well. Like talk about caring about everybody in your room. I mean, Coach Malloy did that, you know, giving me confidence to lead a group. I, I, I wouldn't be here in this position without him. So I'm very thankful for that. And it might have and like consistent feedback, you know, it was like if I got to do something, he was right there. Hey, could have done this better. I really like how you did this, but maybe think about that. So I'm very thankful for Coach Malloy. I really am. I, like I said, I wouldn't be here without him. When you talk about taking examples and notes from other coaches you've been around, when it comes to recruiting, what are some of the things that you've taken just from 
seeing other guys throughout your time? Yeah, so I mean, the the good recruiters I've been around, it's it's all about building the relationship, right? It's not just uh, recruiting the kid; it's recruiting the family, finding out who's important to them, what's important to them, and it makes it it here makes it easy because we've had such a a good plan when it comes to recruiting. So I've got to be around the guys for three years and kind of see how they do it, and and it's the same, like taking good notes on how how guys interact. Maybe it's like. Uh, I'm watching Coach Huff recruit O-linemen, seeing what he's doing. I'm watching KB recruit running backs, seeing if I can pick up ideas. So, yeah, it's the same deal. You're taking notes and seeing what's good and what works for me too, right? Like, I'm not going to be the same as everybody else. I got to be myself at the end of the day because, uh, like I said, recruiting is all about relationships, man. So it's been good to be here. Hey, Rip, to add on to that, in the three years you've been here, how involved were you on the on-campus recruiting aspect? Were there certain roles or certain responsibilities that they gave you? Uh, not, not really. Um, when they, now, when they got here, I would be around, and you know, I would get to know the families and stuff. I, but in my role, I could not do a lot of recruiting. So. Uh, when they came on campus, I could I could talk to the families and do anything like that. But I was never like hosting anybody or in charge of one family or the other. But you know, still, it's like that's what's great about it. you get to meet people from all walks of life. So when they find, when we finally got them on campus, it was just yeah, making relationships, making sure they know my name, and and trying to get a good bond. But you know, I was only here for one year while we were bringing guys on campus, so it was kind of it was a very short time. You feel like that's something that comes naturally to you? Yeah, I think so. Like I said, like somebody said, I, I'd never been on the West Coast. When I came out here, I didn't know a soul. And I like to feel like I got a good relationship with everybody on staff. So, And I've been, I bounce around a lot. I feel like every job I took, and I've not really known a lot of people. So I've been in three or four different spots and uh, different parts of the Southeast and kind of, uh, kind of uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but well-versed when it comes to different types of backgrounds and people when you talked about learning from other coaches what are since you've been here what are kind of the biggest things you've kind of taken from jimmy lake and how he runs the defense runs the program i think the biggest thing i've taken from coach lake is you got to be a teacher you got to be a really good teacher and with that comes finding different ways to teach different kids not everybody's going to be the same so if your approach in your meetings is the same every day okay you might be really helping four guys in your room but there might be three guys that are like coach i'm just not getting it so i think the biggest thing is switching up your meetings how you're running your meetings maybe spending more time with one kid on the field as opposed to in the classroom because some guys don't really learn well in the classroom you have to get their feet to the grass and do it so i think that's the biggest thing like teaching i think i think i've since i've been here i've been around some of the best teachers when it comes to football and life i've ever been around so i, I think that's the biggest aspect with your family you know your dad being involved in football your grandma being involved in football how prevalent was that as a kid growing up did you play other sports too or was football kind of the focus from an early age yeah i play, i mean i played other sports i think when i got to high school i might have played baseball for a year but it was always football um I remember, yeah, the first, probably when I was like six or seven years old and I kind of started realizing what was going on, I just remember watching Falcons games and things like that. Yeah, so it's always been football. Well, even, even with my mom's side, her dad was a coach and he was a scout in the NFL when I was 10, 11, 12. So he was always, I remember we'd go up to NFL games, we'd sit in the very top row and he'd have his binoculars and me and my brother would just be sitting there like, granddad we can't see anything you know like we sit a little closer but yeah so it's always been football with my family it really has
Coach, like I mentioned, uh, Marty Kiffin gave, gave a recommendation for you, and you spent, I think, two years at Florida Atlantic with yep. kind of How invaluable was that? For you? Oh, man. Coach Kiff, I, I wouldn't, that's one guy I wouldn't be out here, be here without him. I mean, not on just picking up the phone, but I mean, when I was a GA at Florida Atlantic, I was still, as I like to say, green when it comes to the game. And like when the coaches would go on the road, he would sit me in the, in the meeting room and just make me get up there and talk football. Just talking football was like the biggest, like you said, GA, especially your first couple of years, you're scared to death when somebody's like, hey, get up here and draw up this and explain me that. And let alone it being a Hall of Fame coach. Um, so he was, man, I still talk to him this day every week, man. And he's asking me how it's going, making sure I'm teaching the right things. Um, so that, that was invaluable. Really, really all the Kiffins, man, they, they were really good to me and I wouldn't be here without them. When you first got the job, what was your initial impression of the group that you had to work with? The D-line group? Yeah, oh, man, it's a great group. And when I got here, it was, I think, you know, Benning senior year. Um, you know, so Levi and Bronze and those guys who had been around for a little bit. So it was, it was kind of a mix of a guys that played a lot of ball. And then the younger half of the group who hasn't played a lot of ball, you're talking at this hockey and Thule were redshirt freshmen, uh, Fatui and uh, Bandez and Draco and those guys were a little bit new, hadn't played a whole lot. So it was, it's kind of a mixed bag. So it, it's a good group, man. It always has been. Tom Hampton looks like he's made a lot of strides in the past 12 months, especially this spring. Just what has he done to kind of grow his game and take his next step? Yeah, um, Tom's been having a heck of a camp so far. You guys see we moved him to safety, um, more of that physical presence as far as his body size go. But just him getting in a, you know, I say more understanding of the game as far as safety goes and coming up watching a lot of tape and spending a lot of time with myself and Coach Brown. Hey, well, one of the storylines of spring is how you guys have been able to double up your reps by having the, the 11-11s going back to back. Were you a proponent of that as you guys were kind of figuring that out in 2020? Yeah, we kind of came up with it a little bit in OTAs when we were trying to spread everybody out. And... Um, we kind of liked it, and we was like, hey, we got so many guys this spring as far as the dudes coming back. And so we was like, hey, let's split up and try to get more reps and, and um, actually coach some of these guys up. It almost seems like your secondary is shuffling guys in and out of spots more than most other position areas on the team. Is that true? Yep. I mean, it's a lot of guys that can play different spots. That's why we meet as a whole unit. Um, I think it's been awesome for us to kind of switch guys around and have them play nickel, safety, and corner. So it's been pretty good for us. So, so you know, typically spring is supposed to be competitive and oh, yeah. you're supposed to experiment, but it just seems like there's a little bit more uncertainty who the starters are at times. Um, because I think you had two open spots coming back in and, and you had 18 starters coming back overall. So you guys are almost like the, the questionable area in, in a way. Yeah. I mean, everybody, you know, is questioning that back in as far as who's going to be the starters. And what we like about it is, 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 is competition. And that's why we are switching guys around to just see where they fit and get the best guys out there as far as the best five out there. What made you guys want to bring Bookie and Brent around the house? Just, just what jumped off the table? So Bookie was... Um, was a guy from I'm from California, Boogie's from California, and just we, through the recruiting process, we always just kept in touch when he was at Oklahoma. Um, I knew his family, he knew my family growing up, but as far as him coming here, I think it was more so he saw an opportunity as, as Elijah Moden left and him being more of that nickel type body, 
and understanding that we develop DBs and get guys to the NFL and we want guys that want to go to the NFL and him with his experience as far as at uh, Oklahoma having the starts under his belt he's bringing that experience to our room and we all know that nickel spot is very you know he, that's the quarterback of our of our defense what do you think Elijah's best skill was? Elijah Jackson or Moden? Where do you kind of think is his best fit in the NFL? Yeah, Elijah Moden is a special kind. Now, as far as him that separates himself, I think it's just the way he studies the game. And um, he watches a lot of tape. He will first watch himself, and then he will come up and watch tape with us. But what separates him the most is he's a pro. He just he, he attacks every day as if it's a game day. And we can literally be out there with no football, but he's out there treating it like a game. Well, is this the most versatile group you've had just – based on the fact that you're able to switch them around? Yeah, we've had some great groups here, uh, obviously with Taylor Rapp and all those guys during those years, with Buddha and all those guys. But I would say just as far as now, some of these guys were freshmen that started. Um, Asa, Cam Williams, Trent, Kyler, who all got starts under their belt. So now it's, I can teach them certain positions now that they understand their position. So we are very versatile. And I think um, as of right now, I would say it's one of the better groups like we've had th through the years. What have you seen from Kyler in terms of his growth and where, where has the biggest growth come for him? I think it's watching tape. Um, he, 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 he honed in on watching tape with us and understanding the techniques because we all know he's very athletic. But as far as him just understanding the position and our techniques, um, but I think that's what's separating him right now is, is, is coming up watching tape and understanding our techniques at that position. Coach, Ace Turner was your starter last year. I'm just not seeing a lot from him yet this year and not on the field as much as I anticipated. Is everything cool with him? Oh, yeah, everything's great. Um, I mean, it's just we're getting reps for younger guys. We we know what Asa can do, and I want to see what some of these young guys can do. As, as you know, that room is really deep as far as safety play is and just trying to get those reps. Also, with Kyler Gordon, I mean, he looks like a kid who could have started last year on most of the teams in the conference. Right. How hard is it for a kid like that to just wait his turn, especially now with the transfer portal and the transfer rule changing? Well, we got the best DBs, in, in, I think, in the country. So, I mean, that's what everybody comes here for. Speaking of it, just like Byron Murphy, Byron Murphy redshirted that one year, and then he came back and started and basically played a year and a half and got drafted the first pick of the second round. So, Kyler's the same way. I mean, he came in, he had to learn a position. He started a couple games. And then um, now, like I said, what separates him is just now he's taking his game to another level. But I think at the end of the day, it's all about competition and guys coming to our room and wanting to get developed to go to the next level. It well, it's noticeable that the, the guys like Casey Kitchen and Michelle Powell have gotten a lot of reps yes. with the ones. What, what is it about their play and what did you like about them when you were recruiting them? Yeah, so we want guys that love football first and foremost, fast and physical guys. And then... Guys that want to go to the NFL, and I think Meese have taken his game to another level as just far as you can see he's trimmed up a little bit, and he's also honed in and coming up and watching a lot of tape. And I would say the same about Kaysen. He's actually had offers coming out in the big sky, but just him coming here and wanting to be developed and, you know, be part of the best unit. Um, I think that's what those two do is what I noticed about them during that recruiting process is just them wanting to be the best, really. 
And, and, and the group, the dynamic in your room, when you have the, the walk-on guys that are really challenging, the scholarship guys, does, does that end up, I mean, is that 100% always healthy, or is there a, sometimes a It's very healthy. Okay. I mean, that's just life, right? Everything, we treat life like a competition. Everything's a competition. And I'm not necessarily saying you, we have to compete with anybody in that room. We just compete with ourselves. And that's how I put it to all our guys. You compete with yourselves. Obviously, I got the, the hardest job because I got to find within this group who's going to be the best five to go out there on, on the starting day. How's Covington's uh, progress been? Love. Jacoby's been really good, so we switched him over also to safety as far as, you know, his physical size and things like that. I know he's played all over the place when he was in high school. But, you know, moving him to safety, I think it was perfect for him. Um, but he's also another guy that's he's going he's gonna to be an interesting one because he's pushing too. What, what position, what's the best position for Cameron Fabicolani right now? Cam, Fab, Cam So right now we're, we got him switching around like you guys asked. You know, we got a lot of guys moving around. He's played corner, he's played nickel, he's played safety for us. And just, that's what we're doing it for, just to figure out the, the best fit for him. But right now he's playing a lot of nickel. Well, I was just going to say, when you are switching guys around, whether it's a Jacoby or, or even a Julius Irvin or a Kim, are, are there certain, what are the traits that you're looking for in a guy that can be that position versatile? Yeah, just it's just all about the, the football IQ of it, understanding it, the game, our scheme, our techniques, and then more importantly, understanding the body types. As we know, um, Elijah Moden played nickel for us, but also played some corner spot for us. Cam Fabicolanin, he has the size to play safety and nickel, the smarts-wise, and he can also play corner, so he's very versatile. Julius Irvin fit, and he's got kind of been here for oh, yeah. a while. I, I, I think Julius is... We all know he had an injury um, that was kind of hindering him a little bit, but now he's fully healthy, and man, he's he's been on one lately just as far as locked in, and it's going to be really, really interesting with this room because, like you guys know, it's loaded, and so, uh, like I said, I got the hardest job. I got to find out who's going to be the best five to go out there. Hey, well, is there, is there any rhyme or reason to the idea of playing corners and pairs, even though they play on opposite sides of the field? Did it, do you like to stick guys together as groups to, to keep them... No, I mean, it all depends. Depends on what kind of offense we're playing. If you're just talking about spring ball right now, we're just switching guys around. But as far as like in season goes, I would say we're just trying to find the best five to go out there. But it depends on also like when we play against a spread team or we play against more of a, a running set team. It just depends on what kind of guys uh, we're playing against. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you. Thank you. of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.